listening to White Truck. Yeah, welcome to What the Truck. It's Friday the 13th, and I'm that big black cat crossing your path. Here with <laughs> the man who walks under every ladder he sees. It's uh, the dude, Michael Vincent. That's right, man. I, I'm a nonconformist, man. I break, <laughs> I break mirrors every morning. Are you superstitious? No. Yeah. No, superstition's bad luck, dude. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's sort of like that forced thinking. If you think something bad's going to happen, it'll end up happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, but dude. We don't always get to do shows on Friday the 13th, so i got to ask no. you, what is your favorite Friday the 13th movie? So that's, that's tough. I haven't seen one in a long, long time. I, so uh, the best is probably Final Chapter. Right? With, yeah, part uh, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got Corey Feldman in it. Yeah. It's got uh, it's got Crispin Glover doing yeah. like that amazing dance to the song. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's probably the best. But my favorite is uh, Jason X. Jason X. Oh, yeah. Right? Liquid nitrogen and everything. The girls yeah, the head yeah, yeah. And, liquid, and then yeah. she smashes it on the table just, and it goes just, everywhere. Yeah, just insane. I mean, not yeah. that any of them were all that movie. believable, not but I love it when it takes it to the extreme. Likeable. Eric Stern is here. He says, first, Eric, by the way, the dude and I thank you for those shirts you sent us. Uh, Rhonda says, happy Friday 13. So does Jake. And Ivan says, too much echo. So if we got a little echo going on, see what you guys can do about it. Um, what else we got? Oh, yeah. So echo. PS5. PS5. Oh, uh, yeah. We got one of those things. My kid's been bugging me about it. It's one of those yeah. things I was like, I was thinking about putting it under the Christmas tree, but uh, I was too excited about it, and so were they. <laughs> but I looked, at, I looked at the online tracking for it, and online tracking is such a beautiful thing. Visibility, right? You guys love visibility. It's a supply chain show. I was looking the night before, and it said preparing for shipment, but nothing had shipped. Preparing for some heartbreak yesterday. Yeah. But uh, I, checked out, I checked out, it shipped, so it went from Atlanta, the D.C. in Atlanta, at 2 in the morning, arrives in Chattanooga at like 5.30, Nice. Gets on a delivery truck at 8.30, and is nice. at my doorstep by 10. Isn't logistics beautiful, people? When it works. And when it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, the PS5 is pretty good, too. My quick review on it, only having it for a day, I played okay. Astro, I played Miles. The biggest game changer is not just the graphics, because graphics are one of those things. It's like, remember when you got an HDTV? Like, yeah. at first, it looks awesome. But then, like, the TV doesn't really look awesome anymore. It's just that worse TVs look crappier. Like, SD looks crappier. Right, yeah. So the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. happened here. So I was playing the new generation games, and then I, I downloaded a couple old ones, and I'm like, yeah, it just, those just don't look as good anymore, but they looked fine before. But the biggest game changer is the loading times. They fixed that out with an SSD in there. So now you can jump in between games and in between scenes almost seamlessly. And this is a problem that has plagued video games for about the past 25 years, ever since they went to disc-based games. Yeah, I mean, so now the solid-state drive kills yeah. it, yeah, right? Awesome. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Only problem is a little bit less space. Ah. Uh, yeah. Let's well, tip, they'll, they'll fix that with the next one. Let's tip the band, by the way. On the road and off it, the Axle Fuel Cards got your back. Get the credit you need to keep your fleet trucking. Plus, loyalty points and rewards are waiting at the next stop. Get approved at AxleFuelCard.com. Subject to credit approval. And terms and conditions may apply. Visit there right after the show. Yeah. So here we go. Carriers, right? They're reigning supreme this peak season. We're getting in those headlines for you. Got a DHL supply chain pricing power index. That's right. Andrew Cox reports is at an 80 this week, favoring the carriers. For those of you who aren't longtime listeners, the DHL supply chain pricing power index analyzes data from within Sonar, uh, our analytics platform here at Freightwaves. And uh, 100 is fully onto the carrier's favor, zero fully in favor of the shippers. It's an 80 this week. It was an 80 last week. And the reason for that is that spot and contract volumes took legs up this week. Well, tender rejections briefly hit an all-time high yeah. before receding to just under 27%. We're in the teeth, the teeth of peak retail season, and carriers are in a position to have record-setting quarter. Spot rates are running up 17% year-over-year, and the fundamentals remain strong. 
They absolutely do, you know, and it kind of went a little bit sideways for most of September and, and, and you know, and October. But, uh, you know, t- hey, tender volume surged last week, going crazy. And on sign, uh, the uh, uh, accepted tender basis of volumes are now running 30% over year over year, rising uh, from 24 Wow. Over, over, over last year. Not so bad. It, it's unbelievable. And tender rejections, they slipped a little bit, right? We say yeah. they slipped, yeah, to over one in four. <laughs> Just yeah. 26%. But so. more than 70% of spot lanes grew this week. National average is back yeah. up uh, as well. And it now sits at 292. It was 285 last week. Now, you may be saying, well, how did all that happen? There's a big trucking protest. I heard all about it on my TikTok. I heard yeah. all about it on my social media. Well, like I said in the What the Truck newsletter, go to FreightWaves.com slash What the Truck and subscribe. You would have known Tuesday night. Nothing to worry about. Nothing was going to happen. And you know why? I follow about 20 different truckers on there. Of all volitions, from like almost being like QAnon to being pretty progressive. None of them said they were going to be doing this protest. None of them. They all said this is going to cut our nose to spite their face, right? Yes. Stop the tires protest. It stalled out. Despite thousands of members on a trucking group. And here's the thing. If you you went in the trucking group on Facebook, you'd see that it was a lot of fronting. It was a lot of people like, hey, I don't even own a truck, but I'll tie like a bandana to my door handle to... uh, to support you. The crux of the issue, and here's the thing, too. They picked Veterans Day, which, uh, you know, uh, kind of a strange day to pick. You'd think a lot of drivers might have been parked anyway. It's a, it's a holiday uh, to boycott this delivery of non-essential goods. The reason they say they want to do it is because they want to show support for President Trump because he has not conceded the election. But they also, in case he does concede or the Biden-Harris thing sticks, they, they want to send a message that they are against the Green New Deal and a ban on fracking. However, Biden clarified his uh, his his proposal that he only provo- he only opposes hydraulic fracking on federal lands, not all fracking. Yeah, right. So uh, the case to protest was was a little bit weak, yes. right? And yeah. and really, over this last year, we've seen truckers become heroes again, the well, heroes I, that they really are. I suspect national. I suspect this be this may be in a movement where truckers were being used and appropriated by someone's political opinion. Yeah, I, I believe you're absolutely right. Yeah. And the consensus was, you know, they become heroes and they are heroes of our industry. And, and they, they know that we're or of, of really of our of our society, really keeping us uh, moving and giving us the things that we need during this pandemic. And you got outbreaks happening again. And, uh, you know, as one driver told us, all I could think of was how the nation has been suffering from shortages and how we just got back the respect that we once had in the 70s and 80s when the country stars were writing uh, songs about us. Now we're going to cause people to panic over an election and i think that was a prevailing uh sentiment among the truckers and and things just didn't didn't come out right so the one day strike appeared to be all talk no impact on the supply chain no no impact and and look don't take it from us take it from the data right we talked about sonar we're talking about those freight volumes those are doing awesome well guess what Guess what? Here's the kicker. The outbound tender reject index, right? It measures the rate at which carriers reject customers' requests to pick up freight. It's a great volume indicator. It's a great indicator of the market. Well, it declined from uh, 296 on Tuesday to 276 on Wednesday, meaning that fewer truckers decline loads on the day of the strike. So, <laughs> Right. Eh? Eh? <laughs> yeah, there was more capacity on the day that they that there was a strike, right? <laughs> yeah. And look, in the comments yeah. here, Jake is like, what are they protesting? Historic profits. Miles says, cannot stop progress. Social media has ruined things. Jake also fan of Jason in space. In space. Yeah, there you go. Right on, brother. Jason X. 
So, I mean, even the, the, so the strike, the pictures that were being sent, weren't they? They were of old strikes. They were of old strikes. Yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were outdated pictures. It's like, ah, hey, heck, I'll support it. I'll throw up this old. Here's the thing. If your movement's real, if, it's, if there's real push behind it, you don't have to make this stuff up. Yeah. There's too much manipulation going on on things. And everyone, like, it's so, you know what, you know what annoys me? Everyone goes, oh, it's the media. The media's manipulating everything. The media's manipulating everything. When, like, half these, like, fake news groups are the ones that are putting disinformation out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's going to get behind that stuff. It's fake news, guys. All right. Here's, here's something that, <laughs> here's a story that could have gotten really bad. Fortunately, didn't. A semi-truck skidded into the Isle River in Skykomish, Washington yesterday. We have a few pixels. Let's take a look at them. They're pretty wow. wild. What do you got, Mike? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the pictures, if we get to those, those those are, I mean. What? The things there. So a 72-year-old Canadian truck driver. Uh, let me not butcher this name. Bao, ba, Bao Kwan Lee was uh, deadheading when the incident occurred, right? And so Trooper John Bryant. Uh, told KPQ News Radio the initial investigation by troopers indicated the driver was uh, maybe driving too fast for conditions. Uh, do you think? Maybe? It, it could be a strong cold front. A strong cold front plus abundant moisture flow from the uh, Pacific will track through the Washington and Oregon Cascades, the West Coast Range in Utah, as well as the Rockies of Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and Colorado. They're looking for 12 to 24 inches of snowfall in many areas from Friday through the weekend. Going over mountain passes will be particularly difficult, so you're definitely going to want to drive safe out there. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you're deadheading like do, this Do we have was. those pictures? <laughs> Let's take a look at these pictures. Maybe not. I don't know. No pictures. They're saying no pictures. Well, as soon as you get them in there, show them, because these are wild pictures. They are. Can yeah. we get a whiteboard out here? I'll draw one up for you real quick. <laughs> get them on here. <laughs> nope. You know, we're supposed to have uh, TJ Knudsen on. He's going to be on in just a minute, I, I hope. I'll ramble a little bit about what he's going to be talking All about. All right, let's do that. <laughs> do it ramble a little bit yeah so i mean he's he's built the brokerage arm inside circle uh asset division and uh, talking about uh you know what uh, the capacity cut using brokerage to fill capacity within the asset division right and bringing that bringing that stuff together and uh you know really talking about the owner operators and real numbers how the business and, and looking at the uh, looking at the numbers in the business that you're doing and teaching those owner operators about that business hmm. which is really important stuff um you know he he's uh what, what does he do? He's got um, Hold My Beer, right? Oh, we got a picture. Oh, there we go. There it is. Look at that. Yeah, He's that... falling right into the, uh, he fell right into the river. That's the Icicle River, by the way. He managed to, uh, to get himself right out of it. Yeah, that doesn't look fun. That doesn't look fun at all. No. So, um, so TJ, though, TJ, he's worked with Circle Logistics, right? Right. He built a brokerage arm inside of Circle's asset division. He's calling it uh, Capacity Pods. He's using that the brokerage team to bring it up. He should be up here any minute, right? I would think so. I would think so. I would it's think not so like as well. Him to be to be late. Well, geez, <laughs> well, you, well, we wait for him. Do you want to? And oh, here he is. Jeez, TJ, why are you making us hang out here? Hey, I've, I've been sitting here waiting on you guys. Oh, okay. They were, the guys back in there. They said uh, they said nobody was there. Nobody was ready. So we were hanging out waiting for you. All right, man. Well, this is TJ Knudsen. He's director of sales and ops at Circle Logistics. TJ, thank you for taking a little time out of your day to rock with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, so you wanted to tell us a little bit about this brokerage arm that you built inside of Circle's asset division. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about Circle and how that works. Um, well, it, it's more of a again. It, it yeah. It, you know, we use the partner carriers, uh, but it's been a, a, just a conversation. It's just having conversations with customers right now. I mean, we all understand that, you know, capacity is down and volumes are up and um, they're willing to have those. They're willing to come up with uh, some plans and some strategies uh, if you can bring them to the table. 
and have them make sense. So, uh, you know, a lot of truck accounts that we, we do are drop trailer. Uh, there's a lot of ins and outs, some intricacies to them. Um, and you got to be on top of your game. And it's a lot of reason why they don't use brokers because it is tough. Uh, and so you got to be in there. And so, um, yeah, I started a pod with them and, um, you know, there's a lot of them um, that were, were open to the idea and, uh, you know, it's, it's all about sourcing the right people and the right types of equipment and making sure you're doing things correctly, but we're able to bring that capacity to them. Then, you know, some accounts that you may not even be able to take loads from because you only have so many trucks, we can still continue to take some loads, stay in their good graces um, and look what, you know, can happen in the future. What, what does it say on the board behind you? Oh, I, I always put a quote up. Um, I usually uh, tailor it to a, a freight-based quote. Uh, no, no, no. What is it? it? What does the quote say? Oh, it says, uh, uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Uh, booking freight, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Wow. Oh. Dennis Rodman said that? Um, I believe so. I may have, uh, you know, don't quote <laughs> don't, 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 don't me on that. <laughs> I thought that was uh, Wayne Gretzky. I thought it might have been Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. So how, uh, talk about the dynamics of Capacity Pod and how you you using the brokerage team to match the pair of freight. You got into it a little bit there, and it gives you that flexibility. But how does that work within, I mean, within the system there, right? I mean, you're pulling, I, mean, I can see there's some tensions maybe between there. How do the two work together, the brokerage side and the, and the capacity or the right. asset side, without getting, you know, uh, confronting each other? It's all about the details, making sure the structure is set up correctly. So because, you know, Circle also has a, you know, a very large brokerage in general, uh, which I used to oversee, I was able to take, you know, all of those, uh, you know, processes and protocols that I put together there, bring them here. And I have um, these, uh, you know, procurement coordinators basically right sitting right in with the dispatch team. They're right in with all of the customer emails. Uh, matter of fact, if they need to jump in and get a backhaul for a guy, they will. So I've integrated it into the dispatch team. Everybody's working together. They understand the purpose of it. Um, you know, when their loads come across, it's it's drivers first, right? These loads go to the drivers, there, so there's no battle in there. Um, but anything extra, anything else? I mean, it, we're very automotive-based. Uh, that's how we started. And those large automotive companies allow for that a little bit because, you know, you shut a plant down, you got a guy that breaks down, you got to have some sort of backup, some recovery options. Um, and I just kind of took that mold that we had and how we sourced and did that and turned it into basically a, you know, you know, rather than recovery options is capacity options. You know, um, they know that, you know, obviously when they tender out, they want to go assets first and then anything that they need help on, I've been able to help and they've, they've really loved it. So TJ, I would imagine that vetting those carriers that you bring in through the brokerage arm that you source that capacity from is a little bit more uh, stringent in this case because the customers that you're serving are used to your own capacity and your or your own assets and your own level of service. So can you talk that out a little bit? What are the difficulties there in finding those really high quality carriers to you know supplement your assets? Again, that's that's uh, it all comes down to the conversations and the information that you you provide to them, making sure that they're on the same page with what you're what you're doing. Uh, they, they need to make, I need to make sure they're on the same page with my mission, with my my procedures. Um, these are conversations I don't just have with the dispatchers of that that carrier. I have these with the ops managers, the owners, uh, making sure we're on the same page. And we look for those three, four truck local guys, right? If you're going to drop trailers, and you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to haul one of our trailers, even. Um, you know, you got to have that option. You got to have things set up. You got to have your trailer interchange agreements ready. You got to have um, the information and, and uh, you know, the tracking ready to go through because we've got Qualcomm's for our assets. We're able to take those carriers e-logs. They have to be able to integrate into our system. Um, there's a lot of uh, steps you got to take, but if you can find those guys, um, they'll, they'll, they'll go to work for you and they'll do it. And, and you know, it, it, it takes that, that three, four truck 
you know, fleet that, that can't get in with some of these customers and it's bringing them business. Uh, we, we talked the other day on, on hold my beer about, um, fishing from the same pond for capacity, right. About where you fish and, uh, uh, Jason Stewart here actually at Circle, he said, you know, I'm not fishing from the same pond. I'm adding fish to that pond. I'm taking three or four truck carriers and turn them into 10, 20, 30 truck carriers by right. giving them business, by working with them. Uh, and you'll find those guys that will work with you, and it's a great relationship. Do you think in a, in a market like this, in a good market, it, it, fundamentals can sometimes be ignored, setting you up for failure because, you know, pe- people are making money, freight is moving. Then the down market comes and everyone's like, huh? So, I mean, in terms of knowing the numbers of your business, do you think that that there's a double-edged sword to this sometimes? Yeah, there is. And and so my focus, um, you know, when everything really started booming and everything and the freight started coming in, it's it's hard for me. I love freight, right? I wanted to take everything. The reality is I can't and I got to keep my mindset went from let's just take as much as we can and make as much money as we can as let's set ourselves up. Now's the time to set ourselves up to be solid and secure moving into if a down market does happen, right? Now's the time to have those relationships where, hey, we all know customers are setting up carriers and brokers right and left right now. You know, some of them use and abuse them, and then when it goes down, to get rid of them. But we want to be one of those three or four that they keep at the end of it, right? We want to set it up now. It's not just about, you know, let's just gouge them and take whatever rate we can get. It's, it's also about, hey, what's fair? Let's work with them. Uh, you know, hey, we may be at this rate now, but as soon as it goes down, let's have a conversation. We'll talk about lowering it. We'll bring capacity. What can we do? What what can we do to work with you uh, now and in the future? Hey, send them to the wheel. We're going to set them up? Send them to the wheel. All right. Hey, the well, wheel. hey, TJ, you ready to go to the wheel of stupid, my friend? Uh, I think I'm built for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll ring it Junior? up. I'll ring it up. I'll dot you up right here. You're not going to be able to read this anyway. Yeah, it's in your what head. What do we got? Right? What do we got? I think what do we he got? makes these things up, TJ, to yeah. tell you the truth. Wow, jeez. All right. TJ, are you superstitious at all? What is what is your biggest freight superstition? Superstitious. Um in freight, I'd say uh not not as much. I mean, with other things, yes. Um just make something up. Fr- What's that? <laughs> I said just make something up. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, uh I am a little bit superstitious on just on my my own processes and things I found that work. Uh mainly I found all that basically because I, I was able to mess up quite a bit and uh, keep those things. So whenever I see a red flag, like that, I'm a very like, you could call it superstitious as in like, Hey, this is just not a good feeling. I don't think this is going the right way um, type thing. But uh, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm a little more superstitious when it comes to that. You know, mm. if I, if I got to wear the same socks, if I got to wear the same, uh, you know, I always had a rubber band. Hold on, on TJ, hold on. What's the longest you've worn the same pair of socks for? Uh, I uh, well a whole football season one year a whole baseball season. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Michael, yeah, you played was... you played football at Ohio State. You ever do anything like that? I didn't play at Ohio. I played oh. at Mercyhurst University. Oh, okay, so <laughs> did you ever do anything like that at Mercyhurst University? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I shaved my head once uh, at oh. the beginning of a year, and then I had to keep it shaved because oh. I was having a great year. Okay, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's, right. there's, there's silly things well, like that, get... but I'm not so, so superstitious. The coach, anymore. the coach knew about it, and well, everybody in the locker room at, at one point knew about it because it just it was a it was the aroma. But uh, yeah. he provided me with a plastic bag, so I kept him in a plastic bag and whatnot. But I don't. When it comes to stuff like that, uh, it's just that's more my superstition. Wow, TJ the socks Nudson. Well, TJ, <laughs> if people want to learn more about Circle Logistics, where do they go? Uh, you can go to uh, CircleDelivers.com. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can follow Circle Logistics on LinkedIn. Um, we, we're 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 growing and we're we're trying to do it the right way. We're hiring as well. So, uh, and we've got the remote thing down. I don't, you guys have seen that, you know, with COVID, I mean, a lot of people have that remote work down. So, um, you can check us out on, on the website on, uh, 
uh, LinkedIn and, and Facebook as well. Thank you, TJ. Folks in the comments, these stupid Thank questions, you. they apply to you too. You superstitious about anything in freight? Let us know. Drop them in the comments right there. Yeah. But right now, we're going to bring up Jeremy Lee. He's right. the VP of Business Solutions at Veryship. And I think he's coming to us out of Kansas City, Missouri. Right, right Jeremy? Yeah, I'm, I'm coming to you live from my home in Kansas City here. Yeah, live from my home in Kansas right. City. And he's got the Masters <laughs> on. He's got, he's got his Masters pullover. Ooh, beautiful. Right. Nice. Beautiful. We well, intro- the, the November Masters here. Yeah. <laughs> well, introduce yourself, Jeremy Lee. Introduce yourself to the What the Truck audience. Hey, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm the, the VP of the Business Solutions team over here, and my team and myself work very closely with our clients to truly understand their shipping data and, and really make the most uh, economical and efficient decisions with their business to drive their business forward. Nice. Yeah, excellent stuff. And we've had a crazy year this this year, Jeremy, with uh, costs going up, and you got carriers in the driver's seat in our uh, DHL uh, uh, pricing index. So can you talk a little bit about what shippers should have a grasp on in order to really effectively manage and control their shipping costs uh, year over year? You've got this pandemic year, and maybe it goes down next year. But uh, So what do they really need to look at to control those costs? Truly, you know, it, it starts with understanding your shipping profile. And everybody's like, what does that mean? You know, we, we tend to see, uh, you know, shipping departments are tasked with forecasting costs, you know, to be used in a really complex environment. You know, shippers are running quick calculations based on weight and zone and then forecasting on that. But, you know, what you're shipping and where you're shipping to are just a few of the surface level points that really impact your total landed cost. You know, you really need to understand, you know, how you're utilizing your packages inside of the, uh, the network, you know, what kind of strain your, your packages are putting on the network, uh, you know, are your packages optimized for the, the goods that you're shipping inside of them, you know, how you're manifesting, like, there's so many aspects that go into it that when you start to overlook these things, you can suddenly see your, your costs start to balloon out of control. Yeah. I mean, we're all aware of that, that carriers are increasing their rates, right? Annual basis. Right, Michael? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, how can like shippers... Every year, uh, you know, so do rate increases. Oh, yeah. So how can shippers accurately measure the impact of those increases? And what are some of the best practices shippers should implement to uh, ensure that they keep their costs from getting too out of control, especially as we go into next year? I mean, I don't... It, it's hard to manage a business right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's extremely hard. You know, shipping data and, and data in general is at the forefront of of everybody's minds now at this point, but, you know, trying to understand exactly, you know, how that impacts your business is, uh, it's really tough. You know, the carriers can't customize rate increases for each individual shipper. So, uh, you know, we hear the the broad general rate increase that comes out and what they're typically told is to expect, you know, around a 4.9% increase on average. Um, unfortunately, that's not really how it works out, you know. So when you start to look at you know, the more granular details in the data, you know, you're seeing increases that range anywhere from, you know, five to eight percent in some cases. And you know, shippers just don't simply, you know, ship equally in all zones and all weights and all service types. That's just not how it actually works out there. So you have to understand your shipping profile, like I was mentioning before, uh, to understand where your packages tend to cluster. Uh, because, you know, your rate increase could be, you know, 400 or 2,000%, you know, depending on where your packages fall in there. You know, on average, we're seeing clients that might range, you know, anywhere from 3.5 up to 12.5%. So if you come out and you forecast for, uh, you know, that 4.9% net average that, uh, you know, you were told by your rep, uh, but you come in at 12.5, you know, your budget's very quickly busted. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is budget season and trying to forecast what's going to happen in 2021 uh, for for most shippers. Well, for all shippers, really, you need to be looking at that type of stuff. So as they're going through that budget process and you've got this change in consumer habits and the freight mix moving, uh, changing in freight levels and and lockdowns and and opening and that type of stuff. What are what what are some of the biggest changes that you see that will impact parcel shipping uh, in 2021? Uh, you know, like you were mentioning, you know, with the lockdowns and everything changing, I was looking at a couple reports from from census.gov and the McKenzie Group. Uh, you know, and e-com accounted for 16.1% of the total sales in Q2. You know, we're talking about $200.7 billion, you know, which is 37% increase over Q1. So this means, you know, everything from bubble gum to area rugs are being shipped right now. Uh, and And what we know is, you know, with all this increased volume, the carriers are putting a lot of focus on larger, bulkier packages that put a lot of strain on their network. You know, one of the biggest changes we've seen over the last couple of years is how they classify additional handling. You know, originally when it had come out, you know, that was one category. Then it split into three categories where they started talking about, you know, weight and dimension and packaging. Uh, at the beginning of 2020, they started to put some strain on, uh, you know, the weight category by dropping thresholds from 70 pounds down to 50 pounds, meaning packages that weigh now 50 pounds are subject to this charge. Um, and now this year, or coming into 2021, I should say, uh, they're changing how they classify additional handling dimensions. No longer is it just for packages, you know, over 48 inches length or 30 inches on the second longest side, but they're adding in, you know, length plus girth at 105 inches or greater is now subject to this charge. So that means a 20 by 20 by 25 box, which doesn't seem that big, is now subject to this charge. And so shippers that have been doing business a certain way for a long period of time are going to be scrambling to understand, you know, how they're going to be impacted by this. Do they need to make alterations? Do they need to adjust their pricing agreements? What can they do to keep from, you know, completely going upside down? Jeremy, uh, you, your team just had a merger. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, mergers are are always uh, exciting, you know. Uh, there's there's a, a chance to, to do new and great things. Uh, you know, Veriship historic value, uh, you know, at its core, we were a service-based diagnostic tool. You know, we leveraged software to tell our clients what and why something happened in the past. Uh, and now with the addition of the sifted technology, you know, we can go from a, uh, you know, a reactive to a very proactive approach. Uh, and offer predictive and prescriptive analytics. And so, you know, this means we can tell our clients what's most likely to happen in the future before it happens and give them recommended actions to take to affect those outcomes. You know, we're creating a new model out here for shippers of all sizes in transportation. You know, so now they can leverage predictive analytics and a cutting edge platform to, to drive their business forward. So we all know that pricing is a big thing to look at to keep your costs down. Are there other areas or what other things can shippers look at to try and keep their costs down? Um, you know, it's always good to take a step back uh, and review your process and, and clean your house a little bit as I'm, I'm coming through to you guys live from my house here. Uh, you know, this could include anything from, you know, reviewing your packaging and service type selections to, you know, positioning of inventory and reverse logistics. You know, every time an item moves, it incurs a cost. And every inch of space that that package takes up, uh, you know, inside the network, you know, matters, right? So, you know, we're going through market conditions that nobody's seen in transportation. You know, this is, this is unprecedented. I mean, we've never seen carrier capacity and growth or, you know, the pressure that it's putting on shippers or carriers, you know, operating at 140% of their capacity. You know, it's, it's like there's a raging storm out there. And, you know, over the next couple of months, you know, if there's any time, uh, now's the time to, to make sure that, you know, you really batten down the hatches, 
uh, you know, peak season is going to be hard. It's going to be hard on shippers. It's going to be hard on the carriers. And it's going to be hard on your packages. Uh, so you want to make sure that you've got your operations in order and that you're doing everything as efficient as possible. Yeah, I mean, I was talking at the beginning of the show. So we ordered a PlayStation 5, right? Mm-hmm. It was shipped by UPS, and it came. You know, we've, we've been hearing about delays, and they might be coming. But this thing, it, it left Atlanta at, like, 2 in the morning. It ended up my doorstep by, by 10 a.m. So I was pretty impressed by that. I thought I was first, I was sure there might be some sort of delays. But you know what? Stockouts, delays, raging storm, raging storm of coronavirus. I actually, there's a comment right here. It's Peter Milne. He said, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued a stay-at-home advisory uh, late Thursday after a 36% spike in coronavirus cases is the first major city to go in lockdown again. You think that we're going to have wow. issues with stockouts again in stores? I mean, the, the, the second where this is like the gift that keeps on giving bad gifts. You know, honestly, it, it's how people react, right? If they, if they think the supply chain is going to be broken and that you're not going to be able to get toilet paper, everybody's mm. going to go out and buy as much <laughs> as they can. Mm. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, everyone has, you know, we've gone through this once and people have understood that, you know, the supply chain continued. You know, you've got the, the men and women out there in, in the world working hard. I mean, they're, they're the true frontline workers out there making sure that shelves stay stocked and things keep moving through there. Uh, if everybody understands that there's still going to be stuff out there and everybody's still working really hard together, uh, there's no need to panic by, you know, I think it, everything's going to be fine. We just have to be smart. Yeah, yeah. So w- what's next? You have that big merger. What's next for you and the team? Wh- where, how do you see the rest of the year playing out? Uh, you know, we're going really hard at, you know, integrating all of our software and our technology. We want to get in front of our current clients and, and make sure that they're, you know, aware of the new capabilities and the technologies that we have out there and what we can empower them with. Uh, you know, we have an obligation to our clients to make sure that we do the best that we can for them to make sure that they can make the right decisions for their business. So, you know, this is this is GRI season. This is planning season, like we were talking about. This is peak season. We want to make sure that everybody pulls off, you know, this season uh, without a hitch. Uh, plans for 2021, plans for growth, and, you know, protects their margins. Yeah, you know, we were, throughout this year, we we talked about uh, bid season and micro bids and mini bids coming out as as you saw pricing uh, spike throughout the, you know, out the summer after falling off quite severely early in the year, as, as, as I'm sure you recall. It, it, how often should shippers really be reviewing their carrier agreements and the pricing that, that's in those? You know, that's that's a really, really great question. Um, you know, historically, what we used to see, I should say, is, you know, shippers would go back and review their agreements once every two to three years. Um, but, you know, with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, you know, things are changing multiple times throughout the year. You know, the goal line is getting moved. And so likewise, you need to move the ball. You know, our data is showing that, you know, shippers with best in class pricing are looking at their pricing agreements multiple times a year, you know, which is why, you know, with the sifted technology, you know, we provide a weekly scorecard on your contract and five other key buckets, you know, uh, that, that help you score your parcel operations and pricing. You know, this was more out of being driven by, you know, leveraging data, uh, you know, our total to improve, you know, a single shipper spend and our drive to, to make sure that they're able to keep up with what's happening in the market. Wow. Excellent, Jeremy. Thank you so much for your time today. Where do we send people if they want to check out and get more information after the show? Sure. You know, follow us on the web, you know, veriship.com forward slash CE to request a free contract health check. Of course, you can follow me on LinkedIn, follow Veriship Sifted on LinkedIn, uh, and of course, visit the website. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Take it easy. All right. Now we're now now this this is going to be 
This is going to be a tough segment, but this is going to be one that we have to talk about. If you read the What the Truck newsletter, you've been reading Freight Waves, you've been hearing yeah. about Howard Salmon and Liam's journey. Liam is a boy who just turned five who has, uh, who has uh, terminal brain cancer, right? Yeah, it's a tumor, DIPG or something like that, I, uh, which is uh, like a zero percent survivability rate. Well, um, let's talk to let's yeah. talk to Howard about it. Howard, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm trying to get through your audio. It's a little bit tough right here. I was able to hear your guest a moment ago, but I'm sorry I could not get on uh, on video feed. I'm very non-technical, you might say. Oh, don't even worry about. It. Don't even. Don't even worry about. It. You've got a lot. You've got a lot going on. You have a a, a, a yes, brilliant, sir. wonderful little boy there. Who I, as I understand, he just had his birthday the other day. He got, you know, you're. Let, let's start at the beginning though. So yeah, let's do it. T- tell tell us a little bit about the story. How did you find out that Liam um, that Liam had this condition? And uh, get us up to speed on this. Howard, uh, how are you doing, guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about how you found out that Liam had this condition? Yes, I can. Um, uh, my audio is kind of getting kind of crazy on me, like a reverb. Um, we, on January 4th, uh, I got home from a load, and I was just about ready to shut her down for the winter time. And my wife says, uh, look at his balance. He's a little bit uh, not, not walking properly. He's kind of out of balance, and he's left-handed. He was using his right hand. Um, and I said, you know, we might want to get him into the doctor. He looks like he might be having an ear earache or something wrong, maybe. Something's going on there. We got him over to the uh, emergency room in Redding, California here. And uh, within probably uh, 30 minutes, they had my wife and him life-flighted to Sacramento, UC Davis. Uh, didn't know why, didn't know what, but mid midway, I'm trying to chase him down with my semi-truck to get over there. I had a load to make a delivery in Stockton, and midway, my wife calls me up and said he has a brain tumor. And uh, talk about talk about losing it. Uh, try to drive a truck with knowing your child is uh, having a, a serious issue like that. That was rough. Um, uh, we got uh, we got over there, and I, I, I parked at the truck stop, got to the hospital, and uh, we we just couldn't believe what was going on here. It was January fourth. Now January fifth, he couldn't walk. He was hit. we had to hold him in order for him to take a step. He couldn't even do that. He was going downhill quick, and then soon after that, we had a biopsy, uh, and they told us that it was uh, a DIPG. And uh, from that point on, DIPG is, is, the, is the terminal. They, they can't operate. They can't do anything with it. But all they could do is just try to make them comfortable. But it, it was a nightmare. Wow, Howard. Uh, uh, thoughts and prayers to you and your son and your, your whole family. It's, it's got to be incredibly devastating. I, I, I mean, obviously, you're holding up uh, as well as I, I can imagine. I don't know if I would be doing that well. How, how are you doing it? What, what's going on? Uh, well, it's, it's just like every day is a nightmare. Um, I, I'm, I'm not holding up every day. I break down, but I try to hold my, I try to hold my composure as best I can. Um, to know what this, this thing is in in his head is it's wrapped around the pons, which controls your heart, your breathing, your blinking, your lungs, everything you're doing. It can, it's controlled. There's a little, little thing, uh, a tumor wrapped around it. Now, knowing that, and knowing the survival rate, which has been zero so far, um, it's like 
I'm living in a, a, a total nightmare, knowing what it's doing to my son. I, I have, I can't, I cannot even function. Uh, my trucking company, me, that's me. I'm my own, my own boss. I parked that truck in January. I, I could give a, I think I'm going to plant some flowers in it because that's about as good as it's used to, to, to using right now because that's how much I'm using it. Um, the, the, every day he, he sits in my arms or, or, or sleeps with me at night in my arms. I am, I am his, uh, comfort blanket. Uh, I'm, I'm there. I, I don't want to leave him. And it's, it's tough. This is a, this is a total nightmare. Yeah, no, I mean, look, this is, this resonated very, very deeply with me. I have four and six year old boys and I was reading about the story and, you know, you, you see your, your, you see the pictures of your son before he has the condition and, and afterwards and the, and the changes and the impact and, it's got to hit so deeply. I mean, this is something you could, you didn't know, you didn't even know what this condition was before it happened. Right. Like most of us. No, no, I had no, no clue. Um, it's, uh, it's usually a sudden, you know, like a loss of balance or something. This is how you kind of, kind of need to look at it. Watch your children. If all of a sudden, you know, three and four years old is usually the time or five years old. They, that's usually when they're diagnosed. Um, if all of a sudden they look out of balance, don't just assume, oh, it's just funny or silly and they're kind of goofy. I would probably want to see if I could get a CAT scan to say, uh, we're a little out of balance. And you may have heard of DIPG. I pray none of you. I pray nobody ever again will have to go through this. This is a, this is one out of a million happens. Why, why my son here all of a sudden? And uh, it just like, I, I don't know why. It, it, you just got to be aware of what this thing is. It's a monster. And um, survivability, they say, they're usually, you know, six months to a year. So he's gone 10 months. And um, uh, we're, um, we're on a, a, a new drug, a different drug from North Carolina, our Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. We're on a drug called Lerad. Um, this last month, uh, we did not see growth of the tumor. It actually had a little piece of it shrink and that gave us a little bit of hope. And that was on his birthday. So, uh, wow. It just, wow. every day is a, every day is just, um, it's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. Um, the 20, the 28th day before his birthday, the doctor said, well, his, his condition looks like it's worsening pretty bad. Um, his, he's looking into space, not really paying attention to what's going on. Uh, the doctor said, I think we maybe have two weeks. And he sat us down and gave us that talk. And I trust, trust me, I don't ever want to hear, you know, my son's going to pass before I do. But he said, we, we may have two weeks. Then on his wow. birthday, on the 29th, we did an MRI. The 29th uh, was, like I said, the current one. And last month, well, actually September 9th was the one previous to this. He came into the room on his birthday. There were nurses and doctors in the room. Well, the doctor turned right around and left after he looked at the MRI, came back about 30 minutes later. He said, I had to verify something. And uh, he said, if you see here from September to October, September had a, a, a big nodule pushing out of the tumor, pushing on the what they call the fourth ventricle, which is in the back, which is kind of confusing, but I'm learning a lot of, a lot of terms now, by the way. Uh, it, it controls your spinal fluid. It was, it was being compressed where the fluid wasn't flowing. October, the one on his birthday, 
the nodule wasn't there. The tumor was still, but the nodule was not there. The flow of his spinal fluid was open. And the doctor just couldn't believe it. He expected it to be completely large and just way out of whack. But we had a happy birthday. Uh, it's, the first, it's the first shrinkage or stopping, non-growth of that tumor we've had all year. Wow. You know, uh, that's awesome. We want to, we want to do two things. One is we want to make Liam smile, right? You, you yeah. said you have a, uh, he has a favorite song that you sing. Do you want to give us a line from it? <laughs> well, you know, you know, I like Willie Nelson, you know, I like all these, all the country's artists, you know, and, uh, I was, uh, I did a show on a cruise ship in, uh, Oh, a couple of years ago for Trucker's Cruise. And, uh, you know, the one song called Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Well, I wanted to kind of goof around with it here. And it's one of his favorite ones, um, Leon's favorite song. He calls it the farty song. <laughs> now, now, mind you, uh, my voice, I had, I got on stage and I said, well, I got to, well, I got to adjust my nose here because my, I got to get my vocals just right. So I get up there and there. And I started out, I go, in the twilight glow, I see her blue eyes crying in the rain. When we kissed goodbye, I farted, and I knew we'd never meet again. <laughs> Beans were cooking on the embers, and only smells of them remain. Through the ages, I'll remember her blue eyes crying with the pain. So I had to have fun with that one. So he, he loves that song now. It's That's his favorite song called The, the Farty Song. Oh, wow. Awesome. wow. The Farty Song. I love it. The other thing I want to do is I just want to put your, your, your GoFundMe out there. You have a GoFundMe. It's Liam Strong 2020. Google GoFundMe Liam Strong 2020. Or you can go to google.com slash F slash Liam Strong 2020 definitely help them out. They still haven't met the goal that that you guys are, are looking for and the organizers are looking for. I think we can do much better. Help them out. What the truck community? Help them out. Freight community. I know you already did on his birthday. You sent him some great Legos. You sent him some great John Deere stuff. It was it was awesome. Howard, God bless you, man. We really appreciate your time, and hopefully we can check back with you uh, in the near future and have a positive update. I would hope we can get another interview again when my when I can figure out how to work these buttons on my phone and perhaps <laughs> next time. We could bring Liam in with you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, next time you get it set up, we'll, we'll have you on any time. Thank you so much for your time today, Howard. Absolutely. Sure. God bless you, Howard. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Well, Michael, uh, Mike, I can't, I can't even imagine. I, mean, I, I No, I have four kids, and uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I mean, he, said, you know, he breaks down every day. He needs, he needs support. He needs support from us and everyone. Yeah, he he sure does. So again, Liam Strong, Liam Strong, twenty twenty on GoFundMe. If you uh, if you'd like to to help him out, it's not. You know, here's the sad thing about this too. Here is the sad thing about this thing. The Lakers got four point six million dollars in PPP money. There's only five million dollars being used to look into this treatment. Five million (sighs) dollars. Government, you can do better too. Yeah. All right, let's get. uh, We can do better than that. All right, all right, all right. Let's clear the air. Let's let's get let's get let's let's get let's get back to having some fun. It is Friday. Matt Walsh, he's the founder of Trophy Smack in Orange County, California. I had a little primer of this conversation with him last Saturday on Freightways Radio, so I know he's ready to bring the fire. Matt Walsh, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you sound great. Perfectly. Excellent, excellent. Man, it is hard to bring the noise and excitement after that last segment. I need to like drive to my kid's school right now. And, and give him a hug, like, right? 
My yeah. goodness. How, wow. old are your, how old are your kids, Matt? Or your kids? Yeah, three boys, six months, six year, and eight year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys, it's hard It's hard to talk about fun things right now. I mean, I just want to go give them hugs. Um, I mean, every every day is WrestleMania in our house with, with, with three boys. And hearing Howard's story with Liam, I, I the, the GoFundMe, like, you know, just having that awareness is, is great to have that. You know, you hear you hear the the 0% success rate and then that positive news of, of the birthday. And, um, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to do just, just from, just from watching that, do whatever I can to, like you said, bring a, bring a smile to, to Liam. Yeah. Thoughts, prayers, support the effort and, uh, Hug your kids and have WrestleMania every single chance you get. You just don't know, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Matt, I got. I know what you're talking because I I have boys that are four and six, and it's like it's like living in a theme park since having them. They they walk around dressed like Spider Man now. Like it, you know, it, it's a little harder to meet friends when you get older. But now I got my two best friends. You know, at home, I, I play video games with them. We do Legos. They're so consuming and such a huge part of your life that when I when I first heard of Howard's story, I was just like, oh my, I'm shattered. I'm shattered. But 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 to, to switch gears a little bit, you, you have Trophy Smack, and you have a pretty cool story, too. Um, it, you started out in supply chain, right? So you have some background in running a business from the, the operational side, how freight mm. works. You start playing some fantasy football, and you're like, you know what? There's no good place to get some smack-talking trophies. So tell us about the concept behind Trophy Smack. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, appreciate that. So, you know, I've been at, at a freight brokerage for for. 12, 13, 14 years now. And it's, you know, any, anyone at a freight brokerage knows how competitive it is and, and the camaraderie and the smack talk back and forth. And, um, you know, that aligns with, with fantasy football and being in that highly competitive environment, um, really recognizing what, what celebrates victory, you know, as a, as a competitive salesperson, having something that symbolizes greatness. And then, as you said, getting into fantasy football and I, I was in the finals, my first season, uh, you know, fantasy football is great. It's fun. It's a great distraction in times like now it, it kind of hit me that there really isn't something that exists. That's in your face. That's over the top that, that celebrates victory. So having the background that I have, I was able to, you know, kind of just jump in head first, you know, as, as the startup saying goes, jump off the cliff and figure out how to build the helicopter on the way down. And it, it's been a wild ride, but, but Trophy Smack, you know, we just launched a, a little over, you know, two and a half years ago. We're coming into our third year and how fast we've gone from a, a garage startup to a sophisticated fulfillment center with, uh, you know, all the nuts and bolts that, that comes into, to, you know, fulfilling these large and kind of complex items. It, you know, it requires a pretty robust supply chain with the customization and, and the large size. So it's been, it's been a wild ride, but it's been a lot of fun. You know, we, I think we can see some of those trophies right behind you on, on the video here. Would you mind uh, giving us a little tour of those? Because they look, they're, they're fabulous. They're looking. very cool. There's even a, you know what? I, I had him on radio. He yeah. said that, uh, you see that, that wrestling belt behind him? I do. He said one of those might one day have a What the Truck logo on yeah. it. Yeah. That's what he told me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that logo will look so slick on this belt. So let me, let me grab the belt to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look at that thing. This is not like your typical like fantasy trophy, right? No, that's very cool, man. So we, this is fantasy football, right? I mean, it's in oops, upside down. It's, it's in the mold itself, but you know, we have like a it's it's a twelve hundred pound 
cast iron mold where we're pouring molten metal. So, you know, WWE championship belts, it's, it's fun. It's, 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 you know, it's unique and it's really kind of become a, a lot bigger of a trend in the last few years. And what I've noticed is belts that are out there, it's, you know, kind of just a piece of metal and it's just engraved on. But what we've done is, you know, this thing, you can't tell on camera, but this is six pounds. So the quality of what we're doing here with our belts, it gives someone to really feel that, you know, the, the aura of being a champion. And what we're working on right now is, as, as Duna referenced, we're, make, we're basically taking this, this mold, as you see, and we're having this part blank so it's not just tied to fantasy football. And I've got transportation in mind. I've got, you know, beating cancer in mind. You know, making yeah. a custom championship belt for anything that really encompasses winning. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I I've, I've, have a, a friend who's a principal of a pretty large uh, logistics company, and they sponsored an MMA fighter, and their mm. brokerage team could uh, win. They, actually, they had the actual belt, Yeah, right? And I thought it was one of the coolest things. But you, now you can do that at, you know, any broker well, could do my that. Last, bring at, your own one, right? At my last company, I bought uh, – I didn't buy, like, one of those real – like, the, the sort of replica titles. I bought, like, the $20 one. You can get a Toys R Us. Yeah. And I made the social media championship. So whoever did the most shares of our company content right. online at the company, they yeah. would get to carry the social media title. That's they what get I'm a gift talking card. about. Yeah, like, like you said, it's a big trend. I've seen it. A lot of logistics companies have picked up on it, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, your your uh, experience in, in logistics at, uh, I believe, Echo and uh, and Unishippers, yeah, yeah. correct? Am I, am I right there? Uh, as, you know, it's helped you, I'm sure, in, in your sourcing and, and your distribution, et cetera. Can you talk to a little bit about that and some of the, you know, the issues and, and how you're kind of tweaking uh, specifically with with, uh, fulfillment by Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's very cool to have the perspective of meeting with shippers for, for over a decade and speaking to shippers from a, from a transportation side. So when I look at a prospect's supply chain, I'm coming in and how to connect on that final mile on the transportation side. So I know what happens before that because I have to get ingrained in how things operate. But now being the operator and looking at, you know, the, the WMS side and the ERP and how to efficiently scale a business, uh, it's really complemented what I've done in my past in freight. And it's also complementing what I'm doing because I'm still I, – I, I like to joke with, with clients of mine and say, hey, I, I know this is really cool what you're doing, Matt, in Trophy Smack, but – what does that mean for us? We've worked together for six, seven years in, in transportation. Like, are you moving on? And I like to joke that I have, I have a lifetime contract with freight. It's in my blood. I'm, I'm addicted to it. I love just all of the, there's always something happening uh, and all the nuances that comes with it. But, but it's really strengthened trophy smack. My background in, in transportation has strengthened my ability to execute a startup in this capacity. And it's also strengthened what I do in transportation of just appreciating more what happens before the, the freight or the transportation component comes in. Got a question. How are you doing in your fantasy leagues this year? Oh, so I, I've taken the approach <laughs> of, of really diversifying that. I mean, uh, I'm in six leagues now, so I'm bound to have at least one that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, it's, it's, it's a tough year, you know um, you know, everyone can appreciate who plays the amount of IR. I mean, the amount of injuries, <laughs> And then there's the COVID um, list the, too. The COVID, the COVID list, right? The COVID list, yeah. yeah. The, I, I'm thankful that we haven't seen 
the season disrupted. There was a couple weeks where there was some uncertainty if if we're going to have a postponement, if there's going to have to add weeks to the end of the schedule, which would really impact and disrupt fantasy football in a, in a really big way. And the grand scheme of things, fantasy football doesn't seem important with you know a pandemic and a health crisis. But but at the end of the day, we have to have something to, to hold on to. We have to have something to have fun with and distract us. And if we don't have that, then what's the point? So, you know, leading into that, it's, it's a challenge that my life, my, most of my leagues, I'm just, it's awful, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, that's what, that's what makes it fun. The, the risk and the reward. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm losing in leagues and my friends are reminding me every day, like, Hey, you're in the business. You're working with the top analysts in fantasy and you suck. And they're rubbing <laughs> it in. But I love it. I'll take it. I'm a subordinate to all the people that are winning. I produce trophies for them. So I accept yeah. my role. <laughs> <laughs> Your loss makes someone else happy because they get the trophy. So last question before we let you go, uh, the seasonal business, you kind of mentioned it with, with different sports being, being seasonal starting at different times. So um, is that a challenge in running a business that that's seasonally, or are you finding you're picking up players in fantasy baseball and fantasy that's filling out the whole season, the whole year? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a challenge. Um, you know, as we scale the business, we we're certainly looking to fill those those valleys. I mean, the peaks of draft season in August and the end of football in, in week 16 in December, you know, that's that's you know, it's fun. It's, it's chaotic. There's a lot happening in between there. It's, it's really the last two years been planning. We launched fancy baseball this year. We couldn't have found the worst time in our lives to launch fancy baseball. There's you know, fantasy is disrupted. We have fantasy basketball that we, we had ready in time for the end of basketball season this year that didn't exist. So, you know, that's the life of a, of a startup, you know, uh, and being in transportation, we all, we always know things are going to go wrong. There will be problems. So I've got that thick skin over the last decade. Um, but a big piece of what we're doing now is what we've seen in fantasy football as it correlates to any company, and that's recognizing greatness, recognizing victory. We're launching um, our more, you know, more traditional awards. So think Crystal Awards, the championship belts apply. We have uh, we have championship rings. I'll, I'll give you a quick. This thing's got nice. a, a couple hundred. Uh, Look at that. Kiss the ring to quote Bill Belichick. Yeah. Speaking of awards, we do have to get to a best commercial award that we're giving oh. out, Matt. So we are running short yeah. on time. The good news is that you are free to take off and go hug those kids. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thank you hey, so much. Thank you for coming on today. Go to trophysmack.com to get one of his trophies and to go rub it in your friend's face when you beat him in fantasy sports. There you go. I may just buy one and pretend like I won. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> when he sends us that belt, that yeah. thing will sit right here. So looking forward to that. So we yeah. mentioned it. Freight Waves Live at Home, we played a bunch of commercials. We don't always get to see freight commercials. They're not on your traditional media, right? That's or true. if you're like me, you get YouTube, you pay for the premium, you don't get to see any commercials at all, win for me. Um, <laughs> so but here we go. Let's take a look at best commercial. This is like the Super Bowl of freight. Is Freight Waves Live at Home? Let's see who won. Let's play the video. Wow, it was Redwood Connect. I, you know, you I, go. I think it was the guy with the mullet who put it over the top. He had the hockey hair. He was yeah. at the oh, computer yeah, in the absolutely. dark. Business in the front, party in the rear, right? What was that guy? I don't know what that guy was <laughs> up to. I'm sure it was just booking freight. I am 100% sure it was just booking freight. Yeah. That was uh, Redwood's commercial. So a little cowbell for Redwood. Congrats. 
Congratulations, nice. Redwood. You did well it. Well done. You did it. Yeah. Did you know who the winner was? I did not know. Okay. Neither I did I. I'm I mean, I know by the time the show starts because, you know, production has to tell ah, me, so I know what to say. See? But, uh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know prior. Um, uh, you know, we were, we like the, we, I like the cartoon Stratics one because it reminded yeah. me of School Rock, but the Red yeah. One one was really good as well. I thought it was. I, I thought, thought it was excellent. I don't I think it was, it was undeserving at all. I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was hey, an excellent commercial. Mon- Monday on What the Truck, the birthday boy, Andrew Silver from Molo. Is it their birthday again? I don't know. It, it is Didn't we just sing a birthday like <laughs> a month ago? Are, are you, are you going to sing happy birthday he's gotta to come him? Up with a, he's got to come up with a better shtick. Andrew Silver from Molo. Really. <laughs> You're the one who started it. You're, that's like the Wheel of Stupid Songs or something hey, he came uh, up with. I, I know. We I also know. got the, uh, the supply chain queen, Sherry Hinesh. And you know what she requested? She requested to come on and only do wheel questions. She said she wants the wheel truth. She's only going to do wheel questions with us. All right, so we got all weekend to really make it stupid. We can Take really we can rig the wheel. Yes. What okay. if we just put one question on the wheel? <laughs> and ask it over and over yeah, again? Yeah. That on like would every be little stupid. spot here. Every little slice <laughs> of the wheel pie. Uh, what else we got? Erica Reese from First Gear. So, you know what? We're getting near the holiday season, people. You know, you heard about them shipping delays. Maybe not on my PS5. But that doesn't mean it's everything. Not at all. Not so, guess doing. what? Erica Reese coming on. First gear. So you saw the guy, Matt Walsh, get trophies. Get one of those trophies for Christmas. Stick it in their stocking. Stick it in their uh, season-long used socks off T.J. Knudsen's feet after you hang them over the <laughs> yeah, fireplace. And right. Santa Claus puts a piece of coal in there. That's what you need to do. <laughs> or you can get one of these die-cast trucks that Erica Reese at First Gear has. They're pretty awesome. We've got a whole collection of them downstairs. She's going to show us the uh, – the pop- they even have a Kiss truck. they got, like, pop culture trucks. Ooh, they got a Beatles truck. I might have to, they got, I might they got have to Legends of Trucking. Uh-huh. Speaking of Legends of Trucking, Freight Waves Classic just launched an article on FreightWaves.com about it, covering chronicling the history of freight, Freight Waves Classics. We nice. also have Iona Fisher, Director of Marketing at Trailer Bridge, so we know there's going to be like 700 people watching because Trailer Bridge brings oh, yeah. like Trailer themselves. Bridge Nation in a they're house. Fr- they're one of the best guests in terms of like bringing their people with them. No you know, doubt I wish everybody it. would copy them. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, well, that's going to be a great and, and, uh, and awesome and impactful show. We're also got radio this weekend. Coming up, so uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 3 to 5. That'll be fun. Look up this show on your favorite podcast player of choice. Look up What the Truck or look up Freightcasting. You'll get every single Freightways podcast, including the Morning Minute, Midday Market Update, uh, and all the other exclusives like Supply Chain Spotlight. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That is D-O-O-N-E-R or him at Vincent the Dude. Or find us on LinkedIn. It's our two social hangouts. Thank you for joining us this weekend, right? Amen. What do you say? What's your catchphrase? Peace and love, everybody. Peace Peace and and love. love. Hey, God bless you, Liam. God bless you, Liam. God bless you, Liam. Hug your kids. Kiss your wife. Have a great weekend.